Hey everyone, welcome to the show. So we are finally in the home stretch of the Proud Boys trial and some really interesting details were just revealed regarding federal informants within the Proud Boys organization. This is something you guys probably have heard. I know I hear it all the time from the right. They use this as an excuse to say, oh, see, these feds incited the violence on January 6th. This was all a setup. Well, let me just tell you up front, spoiler alert, that narrative has just been thoroughly dismantled and set on fire because it was revealed that the federal informants within the Proud Boys were only feeding the government information about Antifa. Before I get to that, though, reports from just this morning say that one member of the jury believes that she might have been followed. According to the juror, someone approached her. She was outside of a metro station, and this person asked if she was a juror, and the juror said that she had seen this person several times. Now, there were closed-door hearings. Um, they were held this week to discuss this matter. Other jurors then told the judge that they had been, quote, accosted. There's no other details available, though, so I have no idea what that specifically means to them. Being accosted, it could be verbal, it could be physical, I don't know. So the judge could decide to replace that one juror with an alternate, but no decisions have been made yet, so we'll see what happens. As for the trial itself, here's what happened since my last update. Defendant Dominic Pizzola has been trying to subpoena Ray Epps. As you guys likely know, Epps is the subject of right-wing conspiracy theories. He is the excuse they're using for their own illegal behavior. Just as with their own federal informants, they've been trying to convince everyone that he's a fed, he incited the violence at the Capitol, as if they're not all grown-ass men and women with free will. As I said the other day, it just makes them look and sound like feeble-minded sheep, blindly following a leader. Anyway, the prosecution rested their case in mid-March, and since then, the defense has been calling numerous witnesses, including the lead singer of a punk rock group called the Misfits. He told the jury that the Proud Boys asked him to perform for them on the afternoon of January 6th. So one defense attorney argued that, oh, the, see, this is proof. They never intended to attack the Capitol. If they did, why would they set up a, a concert at their hotel? That's BS. I mean, all that proves is that they either believe that they were going to be successful or they figured if they weren't, Daddy Trump would protect them from any consequences. I mean, he had done that for four years. Um, so several Proud Boys members also testified they claim that they had no plan to attack the Capitol. One was Eddie Block. I don't know if I've mentioned this guy to you before, but I can't figure out why he hasn't been charged. He's disabled, um, so he couldn't harm any officers. He didn't physically break into the Capitol, but he was on the Capitol grounds within the restricted area. So I don't know. Um, another Proud Boys member who hasn't been charged, who was also there, is Fernando Alonso. He testified for the defense, and when he was asked about a group message referring to, quote, stacking bodies on the White House lawn, Alonso said, oh, it was just locker room talk. So that's apparently the right's excuse for everything now that's you know, disgusting and vile and heinous. Um, and when Alonso was asked why he didn't enter the Capitol, he admitted, quote, 
I wasn't going to go in when there's armed police pointing guns at us. I'm I'm so confused, you guys. I mean, I mean, I thought the cops waved and escorted them in. So confusing. What does he mean? <laughs> um, so Dominic Pozzola's common law wife testified. He's the one you guys know. He was seen on video smashing in a Capitol window with a police riot shield, a stolen police riot shield. That was the initial breach of the building. So he literally was the tip of the spear. Um, so she told the jury that in late 2020, he, quote, started drinking very heavily and inundated himself with Fox News day and night. But she and Pozzola's attorney maintained that, oh, all Pozzola did was break a window. It's not that big of a deal. People do that all over the country every day. Yeah, they, they kind of are missing the point here. Um, so other Proud Boys witnesses totally face planted when they were cross-examined by the prosecutors. So, for example... George Meza told the jury that the Proud Boys' only mission was to protect others from harm. He made it out like, no, they're not aggressive. We just act defensively. We don't ever do anything aggressive. Well, the prosecutor showed the jury a video made by Meza following the Capitol attack. It was titled, If Not Now, Then When? And in this video, Meza said, quote, when is violence justified according to Republicans? In my opinion, we didn't do enough. But they're just defensive. <laughs> uh, so that happened again and again with these fools. Every single one tried to paint themselves as like these martyrs and saints and just, you know, so innocent. And then they were shown to be these violent assholes. So now on to the informants. A couple of weeks back, there was this big brouhaha because the government informed defense counsel that one of the witnesses that they were planning to call was an FBI informant. The informant is a Texas woman named Jen Lowe, spelled L-O-H. The defense freaked out because Lowe, whose real name is Jenny Lynn Salinas, has become really close with some of the defendants, also some of their relatives. Well, Lowe slash Salinas said, no, I, you know what, I'm not like an FBI informant against the Proud Boys. In fact, I've never been asked about the Proud Boys or anything related to their case because the Proud Boys were saying, well, she's spying on us. This isn't fair. You know, we're in a, we're in trial over this case and she's obviously feeding the FBI information about us. Not true at all. Another informant named Kenneth Lazardo actually accompanied the Proud Boys chairman Enrique Tario to that underground parking garage meeting that I've told you guys about, the one on January 5th with the Oath Keepers founder, Elmer Stewart Rhodes. So you have an FBI informant who was there in the parking garage with Rhodes, with Tario, and yet we still have no idea what was said in that meeting or if any planning for January 6th took place? Really? And the judge in this case said that he would excuse Lazardo from testifying because Lazardo said, well, I'm just going to plead the fifth to avoid self-incrimination. So he said, OK, well, then there's no point in you testifying. It's unreal. And then another Proud Boys member out of Tennessee, a man named Matthew Walter, 
he admitted to the New York Times that he and as many as 20 others that he knew of had relationships with the FBI. One of the people to whom he may have been referring was a man named Aaron. Now, Aaron's last name wasn't provided. It's not spelled um, the traditional spelling. It's not A-A-Ron, <laughs> like from Key and Peele. Um, it's, it's, I believe, E-H-R-N or something like that. I can't remember. I've, I saw it once in print. But anyway, he was in communication with the FBI while the Capitol was under siege. So Aaron texted his FBI handler to tell him or her that the mob had breached some barricades. And then he wrote that the Proud Boys, quote, did not do it nor inspire. The crowd did as herd mentality, not organized. A while later, he texted his handler, quote, barriers down at Capitol building, crowd surged forward almost to the building now. Aaron told the jury, though, that the FBI never asked him to go to D.C. on January 6th. And he said that he messaged his handler because he saw it as a, quote, emergency situation. And he admitted that a member of his group, which is the Kansas City Proud Boys, quote, had said some pretty wild things about violence prior to January 6th. But Aaron said he never told the FBI about those comments. Aaron also admitted that he didn't have access to Proud Boy leadership, so he wouldn't have known about a plan anyway, but he did know of other people talking about violence. And then under cross-examination, his total story fell apart. It just completely fell apart. He admitted that he was too far back in the crowd to actually see who breached the barricades when he texted his handler. So he's texting his handler, Fictitious information. Oh, wasn't the Proud Boys. He had no clue. He absolutely had no clue. And the prosecutor showed the jury a video of some of Aaron's fellow Kansas City Proud Boys who were tossing around barricades that day, just tossing them aside on the ground. And then one of them was carrying an axe handle onto the Capitol grounds. So he's here, you know, oh, I'm so innocent. We're all so innocent. It wasn't us. We didn't do anything wrong. But then he's surrounded by his friends who are being violent. So the issue with the rights excuse about the Proud Boys informants is that these weasels weren't there to rat out their fellow group members. That's a lot of animals now that I think about that statement. Anyway, um, <laughs> in fact... Time and again, under questioning, these informants admitted that they weren't asked about the Proud Boys. The, the FBI, their handlers never said, hey, what are your Proud Boys friends up to? Anything going on that we need to be aware of? No, never came up. Their sole purpose was to inform the FBI about Antifa. That Tennessee Proud Boys member I mentioned, that Matthew Walter guy, he said, quote, the rules were don't ask me about the Proud Boys. They didn't want to know about the Proud Boys. They wanted to know about Antifa. So now we know why the FBI was so late to the party on January 6th. Now we know why they had no clue what was going to happen and why they completely ignored all of the online chatter that was everywhere. 
their informants weren't there to feed them information about the Proud Boys. They didn't tell them about violent comments that they were making. The FBI's blind spot for the terrorists in these extremist groups completely blinded them to the fact that an insurrection was being plotted right under their noses. They have such an implicit bias against the left that their every waking moment was spent focusing on the mostly non-existent threat of Antifa. And yet, to hear the right tell it, it's the complete opposite. Imagine what they'd be saying if it was truly that Antifa had attacked the Capitol, beat the police, tried to overturn the election results, and then imagine how the right would be losing their shit right now if they found out that Antifa informants working with the FBI were solely focused on the Proud Boys or some other right-wing extremist group, that the FBI had no interest in knowing what Antifa was up to. They just wanted to know about the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or some other group. It would be wall-to-wall coverage on every single right-wing, quote-unquote, news channel. Every blog, every social media channel, you know, but they're the ones right now, along with Donald Trump, calling to defund the FBI as if the FBI isn't instinctively and always has been on their side more than the left. You seriously can't make this shit up. So there you go, guys. One by one, all of their conspiracy theories just crumble under scrutiny. Yeah. Anyway, I will let you guys know when I hear more. Like I said, this is wrapping up. We should have an you know, end in sight in the next week or two. Um, and no sign of Donald Trump, by the way. You know, these right-wingers still think that Donald Trump is their savior. But boy, he, he hasn't been able to somehow make it to this trial. They wanted him to testify. I don't know what happened with that. But you would think that he would step up. They were there for him. Every time there was a rally, they were there for him, fighting on his behalf, physically fighting on his behalf many times. And yet he can't be bothered to show up and act as a witness for them. Wow. Ought to tell them something, but I bet it won't. All right, guys, I'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please like this video, share it with everyone you know, become a subscriber if you're not already. It really helps to keep the show going. Um, if you can financially donate, that is such a huge help to keep the show going, whether it's one time or if you can become a monthly supporter, it really means a lot. So I appreciate it. Love you all. Take care and I'll talk with you soon.